0: Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the U-Turn Podcast, here for you every single week to help upgrade your confidence and elevate your work and love life. I'm your host, Ashley Stahl. Perhaps you know me as a former counterterrorism professional at the Pentagon, a life coach, a Forbes columnist, or the founder of Cake Publishing, Ghost Rating House. We've got four free e-courses for you on U-TurnPodcast.com. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N Podcast.com. So head on over there if you want to grab one of those to land a new job you love, find your purpose in the workforce, launch your dream business, or get more connected in your romantic relationships. And now let's get started with this week's guest. This episode is brought to you by Cake Publishing, Ghostwriting, Publicity, and Copywriting House. There to help influencers and entrepreneurs get their voice out there in a much bigger way. If you're ready to make a bigger impact, head on over to cakepublishing.com. That's C-A-K-E publishing.com. Hey, everybody, it's Ash here, and I have a really special guest, not only a girlfriend of mine, but Dr. Erin Haskell, Doctor of Divinity, creator and host of Good Morning La La Land, an incredible show, an international bestseller, a mom, most importantly, and a transformational speaker. And we are here to talk together about four steps that she can share for you to awaken into your highest self, for you to awaken into confidence. I've personally had quite the week, and so we're going to use my experience as we can for my growth, for your growth, for everybody's growth. Um, but before we do, let's get into your story. Welcome to the show. Thank hey, you. Ash, how are you? I am good. I'm better that you did a little prayer meditation yeah. centering before we started actually, talking.
1: We could maybe do a little one real quick just for the audience. Yeah. You know, anytime I'm doing any work or even starting my day or doing anything, I begin with um, with just knowing the truth because it Beautiful, grounded it gets me tapped back into that too. So let's just do this real quick. So, if you're out there, let's just take a couple deep breaths in through the nose, out the mouth. And so I know that there's only one thing going on at all points in time, and it's life, it's growth, it's awakening, and it's like a classroom here. And so I know that today is the fulfillment of whatever is to heal, whatever is to be revealed, whatever is to be learned and grow and all the above. And I know for certainty that there's always confidence, there's always been confidence in every single one of us, that deep within us is that all-knowing eternal infinite wisdom of the entire universe and so i know as i tap into that all things are done all things are handled and i just simply move through my day with grace certainty and infinite infinite joy and so on that note Mm -hmm. i release to the law no longer needing to fix it control it or whatever no more angst let it go let it be and so it is
0: so it is oh you're just such a healing presence to be around have you always been this way uh, hell no. (laughs) I'm like, are you this awesome for everybody? So, I mean, Dr. Divinity, I've never, I don't know if I've ever met one of you. and So I'm so fascinated and curious to hear your story. And I know that as entrepreneurs, our story can be tiring sometimes because it's almost like, damn, I want a new story, Mm -hmm. something that interests me. You know, like we get We get used to our story, even if it's fascinating. But I think that it's so in service for everybody listening to just talk about
1: it. So you tell me. Well, first of all, I wanted to find what a doctor divinity is because probably some people are like, what what is that? I have no idea what that is. Um, So a doctor divinity, basically, I am trained in universal laws and the subconscious mind and how your subconscious mind informs universal law. That's a primary area of what it is. Mm -hmm. But basically, we call ourselves doctors because we heal through revealing the truth. Uh, So for me, I mean, my story, you know, I don't know where it begins, right? Which lifetime? But no. (laughs) Um, So... uh, I grew up in kind of a hippie commune in the hilltops of Santa Barbara. My parents were divorced. It was kind of leftover residuals of the 60s. I was born in the 70s, and so it was like there was pretty much no rules, no regulation, no religion, and um, I just remember asking my mom, like, what are we doing why 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 are we alive? What is the meaning of life? and she's like, "Why are you asking me?" she' like, a, questions? Kid? like yeah. that's
0: a big question
1: <laughs> I came in she said, "I came home from school the first day and I said, "Mom, how old do you have to be to quit school?" and she went, Oh no, i'm in trouble uh-huh. right So I was always one of those kids that was like trying to discover and seek and, and just an inquisitive mind.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, so just growing up in California, there was just, it was chaotic, not going to lie. And, uh, tried a little bit of drugs and alcohol and mm-hmm. alcohol and high school. Luckily I never really liked it that much. That's good. Okay. Um, had, you know, was date raped in high school, bulimic from 17 to 20. Oh um, God. thought I, you know, overcame that and thought, Oh, I'll get married. That will solve all my problems. And then I got pregnant and I had a stillborn. So at tw- the age of 20, 22, I was uh, full term, uh, and my baby died inside of my belly, and I had to oh go give God. birth to his body. Oh and um, we won't go so deep into that story, but the bottom line is I had a moment at the mortician's house the next day after giving birth to his body, and I realized we're not these bodies. So I just went on a huge, huge spiritual track, and uh, I had no idea I'd ever do this as a career. It was really just for my own healing and in the process of course it became my career it became my passion and i truly believe that the truth really does heal it heals it sets you free Mm. and it of course gives you confidence because it teaches you who you truly are
0: oh i love it and i also one of the most profound things i realized with truth is that i was with a guy for five years and a few years ago he proposed and then within six months of the proposal i decided i couldn't marry him and called off what would have been a massive wedding. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget going to see a therapist that week where I was like, I just can't do this. And we, we hadn't booked anything yet, but I was really quivering to book things and commit. And it was like a lot of resistance and procrastination around the wedding. And I sat in the therapist's office and I just looked at her in the eye and I grounded myself after years of anxiety, sleeping next to this really awesome human being who just wasn't my person Mm. and just looked at her and was like, I can't marry him. He's not my guy. Mm. And it was so painful to be in the truth. But what I noticed was that it doesn't coexist with anxiety. Like anxiety often is just avoiding the truth. So it's like either we deal with years of anxiety, often pushing a truth Mm -hmm. down, Or we deal with these moments of like sharp, sometimes pain, Mm -hmm. but we face the truth. And it's such a, it's such a hack, right? It's like either we keep the bandaid on and we cry about it for years or we rip it off
1: and feel the truth and feel the pain. I love that metaphor and it's so well said. I Ugh. I wish I had been as courageous as you. I was not that woman. Mm-hmm. I walked down the aisle knowing that it wasn't right for me. And I wonder how many people do that. I, I would, yeah, that would be very interesting. I wish right? there would be a study like, <laughs> know, How right? many
0: people know that you're lying to
1: yourself, right? Oh, I think that. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, I teach in the realm of health, career, and relationship. And relationship is such a fascinating, oh, yeah. such a fascinating area because. Yeah. Uh, you know it really is uh the primary relationship is within and all other relationships are the projection and reflection of our ability or inability to love but mm. i completely agree with you when you're not living in your truth you've I, I just like i literally like if i put one pinky out of truth now it just like my whole being the is like the and just you just know you're like yes. something's off what the hell and you just like and then the minute you're back in integrity even if it's hard to get back in integrity you're like yeah. oh Piece. Feels
0: so good. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. Like I, I spoke at the on the TEDx stage years ago. I was not a speaker. I'd never spoken before, and got up there after Guy Kawasaki. And oh I no! Slivering in my <laughs> shoes, and I to this day guys. I can't watch that TED talk because I get so like I just cringe listening to myself. But I've been thinking about speaking again about this concept that quitting is for winners because a lot of the times I mean not always right but so many people in society were were programmed to think quitting is for losers quitting is giving up but I think when you're committed to truth and you're really committed to living life it's not like you have to be lazy or flaky or somebody you can't rely on because sometimes people could be like it's not my truth to show up to work today yeah you know like mm-hmm. you have to engage in life but I feel like I've learned that there's such a freedom and rebellion and empowerment to quitting and walking Mm -hmm. away from something in the name of truth. And so I love the topic of this episode, four steps awakening into Mm -hmm. confidence because or to truth,
1: really, or into life yourself. I love that. Yeah, it's um, I love that, that, that. just say no. You know, we know that every action is is an action. Yeah. So even saying no to something, saying yes to something else. So I would like to hear that talk. Yeah. You've got to definitely give that one, but Guy Kiyosaki, would that be a hard one? To, oh and my speaking gosh. of, you know, confidently, he's a master at
0: speaking. I mean,
1: incredible. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I was backstage and I'll never forget, like I had such a blip backstage. First of all, a woman couldn't get, couldn't get her mic on. She was wearing a moo-moo. She's like, hey, can you? And she lifts her mumu up and she shows me her underwear. I don't really understand what she's saying. She wanted me to clip the mic to the back of her underwear. I didn't get it because I was like so nervous just to be there. I dropped the whole thing into her underwear, and and then and then I was like shaking, you know. Oh, it was like a whole fiasco. Then I look at guys, Kawasaki, all these people and I'm like, are you guys nervous to go up there trying to like relate to somebody? He looks at me like, "Girl, I do this in my sleep." But he's a he's a nice guy, you know. Oh. And I'm looking gosh. at him I'm like, "Oh my god, like I so super don't do this in my sleep. I've been having nightmares for weeks that this moment is coming and I'm going to I just kept seeing the red stage in my head. You know, this was years ago, but
1: But that says a lot about you that you like put yourself out there without even knowing, and that's one of the common factors we find in people who are successful, is that people have to have all their ducks in a row before they actually take action. Usually, will not succeed. It's the people who just like, yeah, they declare like, I'm doing this. I have no idea how. I don't even know if there's, you know, uh, clients for this. I have no idea if it's going to work, and they just go out they just and go. They do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like a chaos to real self empowerment. And it's almost frustrating for me because I'm such a non-details person when, and that's why I hire people on my teams that are details people because I I just don't Mm -hmm. see them and they hurt my head. Um, And that's been such a huge gift for success. So I'm curious for you, what do you think has created your success? I mean, your show is incredible. You know, your writing has impacted so many people. Mm -hmm. What has gotten you to this point?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I think that there's many, many leadership skills. You can learn how to build a good team by doing personality tests, and you can, you know, um, hustle. You can do all these things that all the leadership programs say. You can set goals. You can do all that, and that's all great, but I don't necessarily think that that's going to get people the success that they truly desire. So I think that the true success comes from going within and getting your calling. In fact, one of the uh, oftentimes the most common thing people ask about there's kind of two things primarily: how do you get confidence, and how do you get your purpose and calling? Those mm-hmm. are kind of like the two primary things that people are seeking. They really, really want to know. Even people who are, you know, multimillionaires are still trying to figure that part out. They feel, yeah. still feel mm-hmm. like there's a calling that they haven't quite gotten to. And so. For me, I would say the secret to success is quieting down enough Mm. and getting in touch enough to say no, like you said, Mm -hmm. and going within and really getting in touch with what your true calling is. Because for me, my true calling was spoken. It was whispered. You know, within a deep, deep meditation,
0: Amazing. and
1: most people are seeking it. you know they go, well, maybe if I just model myself like, like shopping
0: around yeah, like shopping working, around which is see. very
1: noisy, it's very distracting, yeah, and they just try and you know reproduce some other type of thing of what another person's already done, and it just it never works out.
0: do you know what's so interesting when I walked in I was everybody was listening, I was telling. Erin, it's been kind of a shit storm of a month, but it's weird. Like, I just feel like the spiritual work has been so healing for me because I was just saying, you know, I don't get caught up in the drama of it. If I'm talking about it, it's more like this is what's happening. And it's so weird. Like, you know, so for those of you listening, I had my sister pass away uh, unexpectedly the past month. I had strep out for three weeks and yesterday I got out of an uber and a truck drove by and drove the the door off of the car and almost hit me and I sat in a a, like a on a balcony with wood and I got 50 splinters in my ass literally and as my best friend was picking the splinters out of my ass I got a text from a guy that I've been trying to get over forever and I just started to feel like I was getting over him and I actually think this is really relevant to your work as Mm -hmm. we kind of move into these steps to awakening is a quieting the mind mm-hmm. and be um really learning what to say no to and so in this relationship with this guy i would love your feedback mm-hmm. for everybody listening because i think that's such an example truly loved him truly wanted to be with him he had a serious terminal illness that he just didn't want to be with somebody because his life is Looking like it's going to be shorter and he didn't know and that was influencing whether he wanted to have a family and all of these things that Would factor into my plans in my life So he felt like he was doing me a service by not being with me And he circled back to ask if we could be friends Um, But there was like some flirtation in his text anyway And so as my friend is picking splinters out of my ass, I see this message come in And the first thing I did was I got quiet I just didn't want to write back for the sake of it, which how many people are in the business of communicating for the sake of it Mm. versus really being intentional. And it doesn't mean that communication has to be heavy, right? But really getting to a place of like, what do I really have to say? So I did a meditation on the Insight Timer app on (laughs) self-love. Yeah. And it was so helpful to me. And the words in the meditation were, I love you and I'm listening. Mm. things to say to yourself and after that i just i kept saying i'm listening to you ash i'm listening to you and i kept getting ideas of what i wanted to say back so i really stood in like the truth that i don't think i can be his friend because Mm. i i love this person and Mm. i would rather just be with him or not and move on and i've done a lot of moving on so i'm curious you know not everybody is in a place where i mean i've been doing spiritual work for eight years now nine years and I'm in my early thirties. So it's like, not everybody is in this place. So what, what steps do you have for people to get quiet or what recommendations? Mm-hmm. Cause it, it, it's, it's a daunting task in a noisy world,
1: you know? Right. Well, first of all, I think that these steps you can use for anything, whether it be confidence or relationship or health or whatever. But I think that um, relationship is such a fascinating area because I know for me, for many years, I was very codependent. If my relationships were good, I was great. If they weren't good, if they weren't texting enough or making yeah. me the center of their world, I was a disaster. I would send texts like just, you know, totally reaction type yeah. of text. It was a disaster. I'm not going to lie. Like I, you know, I would, I wanted them to be my entertainment, my love. They, they needed to be, you know, all the things and which I was not at that point in time. And, um, you were not the things you wanted them to be for you. Exactly. Right. Mm. But so I just first, and I also went through a big heartbreak like you, which actually was kind of, I believe the last classroom to sending me into true self love. It took me to really have a really big heartbreak. Yeah, to surrender and to realize that love is never out there. And I know you already know this, but like I knowing that like I really had to find that deep, deep, profound love inside. And so for me, when I went through that, I was still grieving him. And I was like, why am I still in love with someone that cheated and that was did all these things and all these awful things? And I was I was like, why? That's not love. That's not love. And it wasn't until I realized, no. I do love him and I love him now and and in loving people we get to un the moment we get to actually truly unconditionally love them we get to also know where they belong in our, in life, our lives. yeah right so it doesn't mean just because you love someone doesn't mean they need to be in your life or maybe they're very distant maybe it's somebody you need to have you know really far away from you or maybe they become your friend yeah. or maybe they become the you know your partner for the rest of your life but it's not until we fully accept them exactly as they are that we're able to know where that boundary is and Mm. where to put place them in our lives and i think that that's hard hard. well we well we have to know ourselves right so and it's a quandary so what you're what you're going through and what so many of us go through is what's called a quandary it's a problem we want them but there's parts of it that don't work for us. Mm-hmm. So we're like, it's like that tango dance, right? We're like, oh, I want this person. No, I, it doesn't work for me. No, no, no. Oh, I want this person. Oh, no, no, so no. And what's so mind-blowing
0: about that is that people say, you know, like, for example, my best friend, now we're like runaway brides together because she called off her wedding, too, 600 people a month before. And it's a Persian wedding, which there's like a
1: lot of oh, cultural yeah, that's pressure, a big, yeah. So full
0: on, super extra. And, you know, as far as what you're talking about goes, you know, really standing in your know, really loving someone. It's like there's so many times with her now ex-fiance, she would say, he has all of these amazing qualities. And I would say, you know, except for he's not emotionally fully available. And it was like, I had a boyfriend, you know, not the one I recently was just talking about, who he was amazing, but he had an anger, he had a temper and it was like for me to say if only he didn't have a temper that's like saying if only every genetic code in his dna was warped differently so that every cell in his body was a little different this would work it's like people look at all the good qualities right but if there's one thing that just truly doesn't work for you i think that's where the work is that you're talking about is loving that person well
1: there's there's different levels though i think there's levels one is there's a level of what's in it for me And guess what? There's always going to be a deal breaker. I'm sorry, but no matter how, it may be that they actually cheat or maybe it's just that they don't pay enough attention to you, whatever it is, right? There's going to be a deal breaker at any, with everybody at all points in time. So the likelihood of having a relationship workout that's just trying to fulfill your needs is, is really very small chance that you're going to get that. Second is what's in it for us. Let's move it up a little bit. But the reality again is that, you know, people make other people wrong. There's vicious cycles. There's victim mentalities. There's all that. Up. number three is what's in it for the highest good and the reality is that relationships the whole culture is is shifting around mm-hmm. relationship right so it's natural I think that that feeling that that your girlfriend was getting or whatever is beyond her own consciousness oftentimes we want to we want to figure it out we want to find that thing and maybe it's just this one character flaw yeah. or whatever but it's actually maybe can a collective consciousness of us moving past the traditional identity of what it means to be together as a couple yeah. or as whatever that is some people are going polyamorous whatever whatever that is for yeah. that individual but it's an identity shift and a lot of times we try and figure out what's wrong with that person but it has nothing to do with that person it has to do with that that is no longer our integrity to live that way
0: So then let me ask you, you know, a girlfriend of mine is married to a very powerful, financially successful man. She loves him truly. This girl would be in a shack on the side of the street, like she's so low maintenance and she just happened to fully love this guy, but he doesn't want to make that much time for her. And so she's really suffering in the marriage. What would you have to say about a situation like that? Because that feels like an example of a Mm -hmm, deal breaker. mm
1: -hmm. Um, For me, I would say until you get to the point where you look at your partner and you say you are not responsible for my happiness mm-hmm. you are not responsible for my fulfillment and you are not responsible for my financial situation mm-hmm. you're not living in a truly empowered place and mm-hmm. in fact we are such powerful spiritual beings that the moment we assign someone else as our source of happiness we become unhappy. The moment we assign somebody as a fulfillment, we become unfulfilled. The moment we assign somebody as our source of financial whatever, we become disempowered in the realm of money. Mm. We are so powerful, and if we had any idea how powerful we are, that it's just, it's literally just another lesson. So it has nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with him.
0: And how does somebody make a decision of whether to stay or to go? Like, how do you mm-hmm. look at that? I mean, you're so wise, I'm like, tell me yeah. All. yeah.
1: I mean, the reality for most of us, we gotta hit. You and know, you're wearing all the, white and The universe usually, usually, we have to go, you know, somewhere like around. Like for me, it was like, you know, feeling like I was being dragged by a, a car down the pavement, being, you know, with my face being skinned across the ground. You know, like how far is your low? I don't know what that is. It's gonna yeah. be, it's gonna be different for each person. Yeah,
0: you know what? One of the things that I heard that was so powerful was the idea of rock bottom, mm-hmm. and it's like, never rob somebody their rock bottom, the dignity of their rock bottom, and I think so often as parents, you know, I'm no parent, I would love to be one one day, but it's, it's like, I'm sure a lot of parents don't want, they want to spare their kids from feeling some sort of rock bottom, my mm-hmm. sister who passed away, she had a lot of rock bottoms, she, t- unfortunately, unlike your story, you know, she, tampered with drugs at a young age and she kept them with her her whole life and I was taking her in and out of rehabs and doing whatever I could and from a young age driving into the valley with my dad when her Mm -hmm. her work would call us and say she hasn't shown up we're scared she'd killed herself in her apartment so we'd gone through a lot of pain with her but that was her her rock bottom and I think there's a dignity to that so Mm -hmm. why do you think people are so responsible for other people you know where they Mm -hmm. think I need to Spare them from feeling this or going through this, you know,
1: why do we get so codependently hooked in mm-hmm. to other people's realities? Yeah. Well, we're, we're connected. We're literally energetically connected to whomever we are around, especially if we're intimate with somebody. Yeah. I mean, you literally connect energetically. Yeah. So it's much easier to get into something than out of something, right? Yeah, my God. But I want to say congr- yeah. congratulations if you've hit your rock bottom, right? I mean, yeah. uh, oftentimes in our culture we look at it like, oh, something's wrong with them. They hit their rock bottom. It's like, congratulations. Maybe they're a little bit more advanced than some of us yeah. are tiptoeing over here thinking it's okay. We're avoiding our we're, rock bottom. Yeah, we're. And we're pretending. living a loose,
0: warm life, yeah. So we don't have to
1: face it. Yeah, it's uh, you know.
0: So, what, what uh, do you think that looks like for everybody listening? Because to me, that looks like being in a job you don't really like, about to be marrying somebody mm. that you're not really sure about, and you. And, and people know. What do you have to say about people who, they know somewhere in them, but they don't choose to listen to it, and they mm. go into their head and they come up with stories as to why they should be in that situation, why it's meant to be. How
1: can you pop that balloon for people listening right I now? I love that. I mean, we know what that looks like, right? Denial. It looks Avoiding like denial. It looks like, you know, turning on the television just a little bit more. Yeah. Um, you know, having a few extra drinks here yeah. and there, like shopping a little bit more. That would be mine. Um, right? Like anything to avoid yeah. the truth. Yeah. Anything. And we've all been there. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was the question again? What? Yeah, like what would you, how do you recommend people listening to themselves mm. to avoid this Because
0: I know a lot of people are in denial right now. And for me, I've gotten a lot better at hearing that voice of wisdom inside of me that really does know the Mm -hmm. truth. And I know when I'm denying the truth. I know when I'm listening to it. I can feel it in my body. But a lot of people are still attuning to themselves. And genuinely, even though something feels off as they enter into that marriage or that job or whatever it is, they don't listen to it and they live a lukewarm life avoiding what yeah, would probably completely. look like rock bottom
1: for yeah. themselves. It reminds me of that um, uh, you know, the Chinese handcuffs that it's like you yep. try and you put your fingers in these two little things yep. and, you, and you try and pull them out and it gets tighter as you try and pull them out. Yep. So it's like instead it's a counterintuitive thing you've got to push them together in order to pull them out. And I think it's kind of like that. If you have something that is dysfunctional and you can't get out of it, it's almost like go more towards it. Go more towards the insanity. Mm. Go more towards it. I don't want to promote anyone to do more drugs but go more towards it because well, you, you know somebody's got so bad don't, no do don't not do no, drugs, no don't Brian. do drugs no. um, but the reality is that sometimes we just got to go a little further to hit that bottom and, and yeah get
0: more intimate with whatever like get closer to it get, get more cl- curious yep. about it ask mm-hmm. more questions mm-hmm. so instead of I guess it's like you can be in denial in your head but at the very least do yourself the service of having a conversation with somebody or asking yourself these questions about how you really feel about where you are Mm -hmm. why do you think people don't trust themselves
1: well it all comes down the subconscious mind so um after yeah after working with you know a lot of people uh and understanding how we manifest and understanding how our psyches work first of all we already know science says that what it's like who knows 3% 3% of our logical minds doing this thing here. The rest is in our subconscious mind. I think it's a lot less than that. but. Um, uh, and
0: what is your understanding of the subconscious mind? Because I've talked about it before, but I think everybody. M-
1: may relate to it differently, sure, so the subconscious mind is basically that that automated system within you, so when you're like for example, when you're a baby and you take your very first step, it takes every ounce of any thinking whatsoever to move that muscle, pull your foot up, put it down you know it's a it takes every ounce of all energy, so in order to have that muscle memory and to re- like remember that within your body it remembers that so that now as you're older you can be jogging you can be looking up to the airplanes and traffic going by and and on your cell phone you can do a thousand things right so the subconscious mind is the automated system that remembers things so it remembers the good and the bad it remembers you know you're you're not you're driving right you're driving along you don't have to remember things you're you're doing a hundred things you're driving you're just not, not even paying attention so the subconscious mind is basically the automated system it's like
0: what gets you it's probably for anybody who's been driving and they end up home and they're like how did I even yeah, get here totally Your subconscious right
1: just drove you home right so um, so why do we do what we do one of the questions one of the greatest questions I had was like for example we know what we're supposed to eat but why don't we eat it Oh yeah. it, right or we do know tell. right? Got yeah, right? Accident right so what happens in the subconscious mind is no matter what happened you survived so if you had a traumatic incident and you decided um, I'm you declare in that moment I'm never gonna love again like you literally you're in these intense intense emotions and you declare whatever I'll never trust again I'm not enough love hurts whatever it is that you declare then all of a sudden your subconscious mind says okay so it is noted and so then you all then every relationship you get into again you're like then all of a sudden you're like I'm you start sabotaging it or you start only calling in people that will hurt you or whatever Yeah like whatever. what about
0: people who are attracted to people who are not available whether they're not emotionally available um you know they're working all the time they don't even make time for you like what do you think about patterns like that where people yeah. who, who might be listening are noticing in their love life or even in their career, they keep attracting the same situation.
1: Yeah, of course. I and mean, some of it comes from a patterning of our parents of what we've seen, and the other comes from trauma. Yeah. Maybe your parents, you know, got a divorce and your dad was leaving like mine, and I said, it, you know, love equals pain.
0: Yeah. And so... so I'm going to
1: find love yeah. that creates so pain Yeah. So always, for me. always have to draw on somebody that there's a painful situation. Even if there there is no pain, I'll, I'll make sure that I create the yeah. pain. <laughs> right? So God forbid we have a good time in this. <laughs> right? Right. So it's just yeah. patterning The subconscious mind. So how do you deal with that? You know, obviously, there's many different therapies. There are spiritual counseling, there's subconscious work. If you can't afford that, you can at least begin to inquire into things like 12 step programs or free support groups to begin at least journaling and discovering and taking a look at your yeah, your belief system
0: mm-hmm. what do you
1: believe about love mm-hmm. and you know you can just listen to yourself talk with your girlfriends at lunch you'll start if you just record yourself talking then you play it back and you go oh that's my belief system oh there's nobody out there oh there's no good people everybody are they're sidetracked there's too many options and blah 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 mm-hmm. and so it is mm-hmm. and every time you talk your subconscious is listening mm. so the first
0: step of awakening and the confidence you shared was to wake up yep so can we talk to me about what that means for you and for everybody listening? Those of you listening, whether you want to awaken into your best self, you want to face what's true, you want to feel more aligned, the first step is waking up. So Yeah. So that means that, like. that
1: means begin to take a conscious look at your life. Okay. And realizing how you have created at least the bare minimum is the experience of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you know, believe in really manifestation, you'll believe that you actually have created the circumstances of your life. Mm-hmm. So begin to wake up to what you have created for yourself. Begin to see the patterning in your life. Begin to see how there's, all, there's total serendipity at all points in time. Nothing's a coincidence.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so
1: just it's kind begin- of like
0: if I'm the creator of my life,
1: what mm-hmm. am I doing
0: to create? This? Yeah, like, taking, what am I thinking to create?
1: This? Yeah, taking a look at your relationships, taking a look at your health, taking a look. We know that like even your DNA is only like five percent of what you're, what is actually happening. You do have free will mm. with a lot of stuff. So begin to take a look at what you're creating for yourself, what you have created, and if you can create crap. And you could create good stuff. It's the same energy, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So just beginning to number one, just wake up and begin to take responsibility. What have I created for myself?
0: So what about, what what was that moment for you where you were like, okay, time for me to wake up and really take a look at my, because I know when I did a lot of career and business coaching, that was the first thing is I was like, okay, if I want to know what people believe about the world, all I need to do is take a look at their results in their career and their relationships Mm. and
1: get a pretty good idea of what they believe to be creating that. So what was that moment for you? For me, I think that the, I mean, I had so many of those, but I would say in that relationship, I had a very dysfunctional relationship mm-hmm. and, and I kept going back. Cause you were like, I love pain. Yeah. I love pain, pain, right? Right? pain. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it was just one of those moments that I was like, okay, I can no longer point the finger at this human being. Mm-hmm. I remember being balled up, like in my bed, like. I don't want to live. What is yeah, you know, this? This so is like painful. so painful. And just having one of those moments like I've created this. I keep going back. I, I know that I have a belief that love equals pain. And in that moment, I thought, well, if I can create that, I can recreate it because I'm not my thoughts. I'm the creator of my thoughts. And we know we can reprogram the subconscious mind. So I decided in that moment, it's time to recreate that.
0: Mm, so it's somewhat of a rock bottom for you. Oh, definitely was a rock bottom. So, yeah. I mean, I've mean, i definitely had my four, you know, my moment where I'm in fetal position mm-hmm. in the bed crying. For sure. Okay, so second step is reprogram. And I think, you know, for those of you listening, maybe you're kind of like, Dan, I really want to do this, but how? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if I didn't do any of this work the past decade, I would be like, how do I just change what I right. think? Mm-hmm. It feels like the thoughts just kind of come in like unwanted visitors and and then you believe them, and mm-hmm. how do right. you start? So,
1: there's two ways of, there's two primary ways okay. of reprogramming the subconscious mind. One is logically, okay? So, logically, we can begin to affirm, we can begin to what's called command your subconscious mind, okay? So, that basically means uh, if you have a pretty strong consciousness, that's why so many people do affirmations and it doesn't ever actually do anything. You can say, oh, life's good, life's, I, I'm only love, I'm only love. Like, a thousand like, times like right a delusion right yeah actual outcome. so we program the subconscious mind through our feelings so that's mm-hmm. why they call it spoken word when say even like a minister preaches right yeah you have to the universe and subconscious mind is reprogrammed by vibration by the feelings so until you can command it like literally imagine you're like a, a, a lieutenant in charge that's your conscious mind and your subconscious mind is like a bunch of soldiers down there yeah so unless you're a commander in charge and you are like, you give orders to those soldiers, to those soldiers and you've got, you got to, you, you got to command like, no, like I declare that I, you know, am, I, I'm having prosperity and money now. Like we're creating this now. Yeah. Like I'm no longer the effect of X, Y, and Z. Like I'm declaring, like I'm, that up i'm done and you declare it you're done um very few people have that strong of a consciousness Mm. so that's one way you can do it is through commanding the subconscious saying like i declare i declare believing this i declare the behavior that comes but you've got to believe it at such a core that you 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 command it into your subconscious Mm. very few people are able to do that okay Mm -hmm. that's why usually it's at a rock bottom that you declare that Do
0: you know that literally the night so The night before I had my splinter episode and the ex that I had been grieving reached out, I had a friend of like 10 years, and he and I dated in college, and he wanted to try dating. Like, he came out of the woodwork, so I was like, I'm really serious about this, and it totally didn't work out. He has a kid, and he was very unavailable, which I thought him having a kid was a lovely thing and a beautiful thing, and he's so good at it. But I was like almost energetically chasing him, even though he insisted to have the relationship, so the night before I heard from the ex of six months, I, I talked to him, my old friend, and I said, hey, look, like, this doesn't seem like it's something that we can make work, and it's all good. It just seems like your priorities are where they are. And he goes, yeah, I, I told you I thought I wanted to make this work, but I guess I don't because I'm really focused on my kid, and I don't want to pick up the phone when I'm with her, and he's with her most of the time. And I called one of my closest friends, and I literally, and this was this week, and I said... I declare this pattern of me chasing people who are not available or who do not want to be, it's not that they're not, it's that they're choosing not to be available to me, done. The next day, as my friend is pulling splinters out of my ass, and I'm sitting there, which by the way, as I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm like feeling what poking me, I get this message from this person who is the ultimate person in my heartbreak, in my history, where That was the pattern was like, he really wanted to be with me, but he just couldn't because he chose Mm -hmm. not to, even if he would do everything with me and for me. So it's like I declared that pattern done. So what is that for everybody listening where you kind of decide something yeah. and then little things happen? That's exactly how it
1: happens. Like literally you, if you have a, if you have that powerful of a declaration in your subconscious, mm-hmm. like I, I mean, you can try it. You can get in your living room, turn on some music, like literally declare, like get into a vibration. That's why yeah. they do like ecstatic dance and yeah. stuff like that. That's why they used to have drum circles. I feel like I'm that's why church they, right? right now, like, like that's why, yeah. So like, yeah. how do you get into it's that? Yeah like such an affirmative state that you are just like you know it at every ounce of every cell in your body right so that is commanding yeah okay it's like a practice and not everybody can do it and uh stronger consciousness more powerful right to be able to do that so the other way of reprogramming the subconscious mind is getting into a um like almost a state of going in and neutralizing all of the things that you've declared in there okay tell me more. yeah so like therapists will call it prolonged therapy for uh it's a greek socrates process it does a lot of it so you go into your mental pictures okay yeah. so if say you were going into a one-on-one session with me we would yes. take a look at some of the trauma in your life
0: yeah
1: and we'd go into that incident it would be like one day one moment kind of a thing and we would go in there and we'd want to get off all of the emotions around that Mental picture. We yeah. would neutralize it. And in neutralizing, and we would take a look, and you may even have an epiphany like, oh, I realized that in that moment I decided that I wasn't enough. Yeah. And so in neutralizing and spotting that in, wa- in, in waking so up, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then you neutralize it, and in that, it releases that energetic so just pattern. By
0: seeing it.
1: But, yeah. but
0: that's hard, right? Because a lot of people will look at a situation and they'll. I mean, you got to really connect to it to let it go, right? Because a lot of people will be like, yeah, you know, when my dad left my mom, I decided love was going to suck. But that awareness itself, it's like, how do you make it land? Like That's different. About?
1: That's different to take an awareness and realize what your limiting belief is versus neutralizing a mental picture.
0: Questioning it. Very anything. different.
1: So when you neutralize a mental picture, you actually go back over, over the, the incident, over and over until there's absolutely, until you completely flattened that out. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes, we'll see people go, oh, well, I remember, you know, my, my mom and dad got divorced and I was really sad. And they tell it, they see their spot, they spot the limiting belief, but they don't actually go back. Back to the incident and go into reverie and see that incident and experience and feel those emotions again and flatten those emotions out.
0: You know, I'm noticing in the loss of my my sister. So, my dad has been an incredible dad. He's very funny. He's very lively. He's very smart. He's an entrepreneur. He's had big wins and huge losses, which. You know, from a young age, it's like we had a big house and then we had a tiny house. It's like we had all of it because we rode the roller coaster of his entrepreneurial existence Mm. with him. And the way he related to it was like traumatic for me because he had so much anxiety, so much panic. And when he felt too much, in retrospect, I noticed that he would just be very conversational. He just wanted to talk about it. But really, you know, some people talking about it is healing, but for other people talking about it is avoidance. It's like a way to keep the story alive and not actually heal from something and let it go.
1: Uh, it's a way of not letting it go. Well, you want to actually be very careful because if you tell a story again yeah. and energize it again, yeah. then you're going to reiterate and re, you know, basically program that limiting belief again. So you want to neutralize it. It's mm-hmm. very different to feel the emotions. So let's just take an example. So let's yeah. pretend that... You were talking about your parents getting divorced or something, and you said, so there I was. I remember uh, I was sitting on my sofa, and my dad and mom uh, said they were in a fight, and they were screaming and yelling, and my dad ran out the front door, and and he slammed the door, and I saw his car, and it drove off, right? Right. So I'm telling the story, but instead of going and energizing it and feeling the emotion again and just going like, oh, that was so painful, and and feeling those emotions and deciding again like, oh, love means that they leave you. And instead, you want to neutralize it over and over again to where you can just, like, say it again, feel the emotions because there's always a resistance when you're feeling that emotion. You actually don't want to feel the emotion like yeah, it's a bad people. emotion. So not judging the emotion, just feeling the emotion so much to where it just dissipates. Yeah. Like you want to neutralize it enough to where you can just look at that. And then I was sitting there and, you know, I was on the couch. My mom and dad were fighting and then they were screaming and then my dad walked out the door and yeah, he he drove off. It was like bizarre. Yeah.
0: Neutralizing,
1: Neutralizing it. it. Mm-hmm. And, and
0: I think that's that's one of the spiritual principles I learned is like how you relate to the issue is the issue. Yeah. You know, I totally backed my car into a pole. <laughs> you must just hit on the note of it. <laughs> You forced I What's know up? it's been really intense, Erin. Like, I, I did $30,000 of damage to my car, which like, Whoa. you know, it was like, I could have decided to total it and I just backed into a pole, but you know, it was a pretty significant poll, obviously. And this was a few months ago, and I had to do a couple months, you know, going to Hertz Rent-A-Car and getting a car. The whole the whole staff knew me at that point. I had names for all the cars on the lot. I was like, don't give me the brown wonder. The honk is so disempowering. Oh, like, my you have gosh. But it's like these events happen, and I remember when I hit my car on the pole, I laughed because I was fine. I was grateful. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I'm okay. And then I kind of laughed. I'm like, oh, that's going to be so expensive. and right. like... That's going to that's gonna be a real inconvenience. And I just kind of laughed. I was like, it is what it is. And I don't think I'm in a place of denial in my life. Mm-hmm. I think I
1: let things hit me.
0: Pun intended. <laughs> like, right. like the pole that hit yeah. me.
1: <laughs> but what comes up in my mind, and it doesn't mean it's the truth. Yeah. It just, uh, it's like pay attention yeah totally so like where's your mind where's your mind when these things are going on like are they too oftentimes we'll find that we will like the energy will be going towards the past to some picture say it's an ex-boyfriend or something you're you're backing up and you're not even really paying attention because you're you have your attention on some picture of when he you know you saw that text on his phone or whatever it is instead of being totally present to where Mm -hmm. we're at so oftentimes the universe will kind of throw stuff at us because we're not paying attention.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been feeling that. I mean, the fact that like my Uber car door got ripped off by a truck who did a hit and run yesterday, drove off, That's and the car insane. door literally came off it, on Sunset Boulevard. Or the fact that I backed into a pole, or or that I sat on a piece of wood and got all these splinters in my ass, like. Yeah, I feel like I need to pay attention, but I guess, and this is a question for everybody listening, it's like, easier said than done, like, Mm -hmm. I have a distracted mind, and like right now with you, I feel really present, like, I hear you, I'm listening. I guess it's like if something's interesting enough for me, I'm like a two-year-old
1: toddler where I'm like super present with it. Right. Well, most people, we have to remember that spiritually, there's no such thing as time and space. Yeah. There's, there's just mental pictures. So what happened a year ago or in your childhood is happening right now in your consciousness if it's not complete. Ah. Uh, right? So it's like, we're fi- it's like a filing system, right? So if one is not complete and we know we have mental charge around it, it'll keep coming back up because it needs to be healed, it needs to be completed. So that's why we go all of a sudden, you're like thinking again Yeah. about that incident with the ex, whatever, yeah. or with your parent, or with the argument you had with your boss, or whatever that was, it keeps coming up in your consciousness, because you you're it, yeah. or like, let it go. Yeah, so it. then you're not present.
0: Ah, so if people, so this kind of brings itself to obsessive thinking. A lot of people mm-hmm. will keep rerunning that conversation mm-hmm. they had last night, or that horrible situation that they're still upset about, would you just take that as feedback that that's like linking to something that they've already experienced a feeling they've already had and the obsessive thinking is just a reflection of the fact that they haven't fully felt it and let it
1: go. Well, it's like you have to think about your your system is kind of like a computer. Yeah. So you have like a program that's running. Yeah. And like sometimes you have too many documents open. Yeah. Sometimes you've got viruses. But unlike the r- right? like yeah. rainbow spinning right? on my yeah, MacBook yeah, yeah.
0: stuff, like too many files. So it
1: means you need to get you need a reboot. You know what I mean? You gotta you gotta close down those files, complete those cy- cycles. hmm And so most people just keep running. They they keep running. They think if they keep running, then then those Like, mental pictures won't catch up with them. That's why you got to stop, slow down, and take inventory, complete those cycles, make amends, Mm -hmm. um, you know, do grieving, Mm -hmm. or whatever it is that you need to do Mm -hmm. to get right. Mm -hmm. And know that if you're not sleeping at night, you definitely need to do some internal healing.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember I took a sleep test a while back, and the person in the lab where I had to sleep in the lab and they had wires on me. Wow. This is a long you're time You're hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need a little show of watching your life. I here. I'm like, wow, I'm really sharing a lot today. Oh, like God. I sound like a shit storm. To I love people. that. But I kind of, I mean, like I should probably give way more fucks in my life. You know, like I, now that I'm listening to myself, I'm like, whoa, but I did this sleep test and the guy asked me before he hooked me up to the wires. He's like, all right, so walk me through it. You put your head down on the pillow at night and then what happens? And I'm like, well, then I start to go through my whole day. And he goes, oh, what a horrible place to go through your whole day. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what do you mean? It's like you get a moment of silence. You, It's dark. It's quiet. He goes, yeah, that's when your time. it's your time to sleep and, and let your brain rest. Yeah. It's not a time for your brain to activate. So I think there's a lot of people listening who are probably slightly less of a shit storm than I'm sounding, but, like, What do we recommend for them, you know, your first step being to wake up, to evaluate your life, to take a look at what results are you creating? Okay, well, what are you believing about your career or your relationship to create that result? Okay, now let's reprogram. Look at some traumatic experience. What did you believe in that experience about you, about them, about your life that you're holding on to uh, and neutralizing that? And then from there, it's like. What do people do with, I mean, just going back to this obsessive thinking, it's painful and it takes people out of the deliciousness
1: of the present. Sure. So I'm going to give you some tools on doing that. I love a good tool. So let's go through, step three is aligning. So aligning with universal laws and your truth. Yeah. So that, of course, takes a little bit of work to figure out what your truth is. And that's why each relationship, every situation, everything is the opportunity to discover what Works for you and what doesn't work for you. Yeah. Are you somebody that likes dating somebody that's busy with their daughter? Are yeah. you somebody that whatever? It doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It's it's apparently, not, like, thought, right, I'm like, yeah. I want more attention. Um, like <laughs> so, it's a, really a self-discovery. All yeah. life is the mirror, right? And then aligning with universal law. But kind of taking the universe's feedback, like taking a look at everything. Well, you want to align with universal law. So that means, for example, if you're creating harmony, you're going to have a lot more success than if you're creating chaos. Okay. So uh, there's there's many, many different laws. There's at least, like I write on, 40 laws. Mm -hmm. So everything from law of attraction, you need to embody that which you seek, you know, to... um, you know, all of them. Just basically, you need to learn how to align with your truth and the law. Yeah. The fourth step is affirming. So, every single day, we've got to affirm what we truly desire through meditation, through mindfulness, through visioning, through uh, developing your intuition, and so on and so forth. So, back to your question about going to sleep, not being able to sleep, or the anxiety or whatever it is. When you meditate, There is what's called the, I call it the observer effect, Mm -hmm. very well known in the industry, of where you you basically look at your thoughts as if they're like clouds rolling by. Yes. And you realize you're not your thoughts. Mm -hmm. You can just observe and witness those thoughts. Mm -hmm. So even if you're laying down at night and you are looking at your day and you're starting to have all this anxiety, don't and you don't need to t- entangle them you can literally just pretend like they're clouds rolling by and just like thank you for showing the pictures of my day mm-hmm. and you're you're kind of almost like the backing like it's almost like you step three feet back from your life like it's on the tv screen and you start just witnessing it instead of judging it mm-hmm. instead of putting positive or negative meaning on because the moment You put a positive or negative meaning on anything that has occurred you experience a positive or negative feeling Mm -hmm. so anxiety is basically the fear of things not going the way you want them to go Mm
0: -hmm. or just not being present in what's here now Mm -hmm. you know it's so funny i my dad he thinks he's his thoughts like he's not hip to this yet yeah so sometimes like i see you know for lack of your a better term your term like a cloud rolling through his head (laughs) that he bought into a thought you know and he thinks his thoughts, and sometimes I'm like, holy shit, Dad, you don't have to buy into that. That doesn't have to – get that out of your head. Like, everything you believe is made up. Pick something better. Like, try to win mm-hmm. in your thoughts, you know? So what would be your suggestion for people to start – you know, after you start to notice what you're thinking, what you know, just paying attention to those thoughts, what's a suggestion to start to get a little distance from it? Because some mm-hmm. people – They like, they might see what they're thinking and they'll say, yeah, but I I really believe that about myself. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, um, there was a gal who came on the show the other day and she was actually, um, she deals with eating disorders. And Uh. she said it was the funniest thing because she went into therapy when she was young uh, for uh, whatever, some time. And she, the only thing she didn't talk about in her therapist's office was her eating disorder. She (laughs) talked about everything else other than her, but she said the craziest thing happened her eating disorder went away. And the point is this, is that lots of people go, well, where do I start? I want to be successful. I've got all these issues. I need to heal, blah, blah, blah. And they're like overwhelmed with all this stuff, yeah. right? And they want to figure it out and they want to have their their purpose and calling and they want to know exactly what their mission is and they want all these big things. And the point is this, is that I'm going to suggest right now and right here that the most important thing that you do is begin to do your inner work. And what I can promise you out of going into... Meditation or doing trauma work, anything that's internal work of just healing, you will gain everything out of it. Mm. Your health will get better. And I'm not taking away from any doctor, so please see your doctor. It's not an no. exchange. Disclaimer. That. Disclaimer. Yeah. Because um, legally we have to do that. Um, your health will get better. You will look better. Yeah. Your relationships will profoundly improve. Mm-hmm. You will have more money yeah (laughs) you know or whatever that is whatever you whatever prosperity looks like for you yeah you will your life will improve exponentially gotta do the inner work yeah those are like the effects but what is that okay
0: so some people listening I know some of you listening to me you guys have been at this but some of you are like what does inner work even mean because we hear this right in the Mm -hmm. spiritual world people like
1: you need to do the work
0: what is the work right so it's, it's looking at your thoughts it's Waking up, looking at your life, just having that basic awareness. But what
1: else is it? Well, I think that anybody should follow their bliss. So if meditation speaks to you, do meditation. Yeah. If therapy speaks to you, do therapy. If yoga. Talks, yoga. Whatever it is that, that speaks to you, there's something intuitively that you have to honor. Books. Books what, reading. Journaling. Podcasts. Yeah, podcasts. YouTube, whatever, podcast. right? Yeah. It, whatever it is that speaks to you that is self-development that is going within. I'm not talking about getting on the hustle and going to be the entrepreneur because we know there's a lot of that. And that's fine and great. And I'm all about the hustle and entrepreneurship when the time's right. Yeah. But mostly people try and do that because they're trying to fix something else and they never mm-hmm. succeed. They never succeed. Mm-hmm. They never succeed. Mm-hmm. you got to do the work inside before you're going to be successful in another area.
0: And, you know, speaking of when you talked about seeing your thoughts and stuff like that, I remember I, I had a friend. She's now a friend, but she was my first coach ever. I remember walking into a session like a decade ago, and I was like, I'm crazy. I feel crazy. And she goes, yeah, no, you're not. And I'm like, why? And she goes, well, what sees that you're crazy? And it's kind of like what you're talking about. It's like Mm -hmm. becoming the observer. It's like if I'm really crazy, I don't even know I'm crazy because I'm too busy being crazy. So that awareness, that observer, that's like your
1: truest – being. Eckhart right? totally talks about that. He yeah. talks about in The Power of Now, one of the greatest books ever written on spirituality, talks about when he was suicidal and mm. in being suicidal he had a moment where he was like, I don't wanna live. Who's the I? I'm talking to somebody and he realized there was an observer there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was his true self.
0: You know when I was a little kid, I've never said this and it feels so like extraterrestrial to put this on my podcast, but <laughs> like I used to look in the mirror, I remember this, and I brought it up in my master's program in spiritual psychology, because I was like, well, these people can hear this weird thing coming out of my mouth. I stood up, and I was like, I looked in the mirror, and I used to not recognize my face. Like, I remember when I was like six, seven, eight, I would stare in the mirror, and I would look at it and say, who are you? Who is this? It was almost like I was this little soul that didn't Mm. recognize my body, as if I'd been here so many times, or, or I knew I was more than my body. Um... So yeah, I think that was the beginning of me realizing there's some sort of separation of your being and what you are here on the planet. You know, this is this is just a vehicle, I guess. Yeah, totally. We're just boats, so, you right. know. Our bodies are
1: just little boats. But I do around. think that I remember being in that place, like wanting the answers, seeking the answers. Like I want to figure it out. I want to I want to become enlightened, and I want to figure out my purpose and calling, and I want it all right now. And da da da. And I just, for those people that are listening that may be in that state or whatever, maybe you've had some awakening and you're wanting more, whatever it is, like you're going to find the answers, like just keep seeking, just keep going wherever it is that is more work, internal work, just keep doing it and you will, the answers will come. Like, that's oh. all I can say is I promise you, they will come. The truth will be revealed. Your true identity will will come to you. Like it will happen. You have to listen to this part of you that's asking these questions mm-hmm. and let it yep. find its answers. Because I often people will, like make people wrong. Like why are you keep on asking these things? Why are you seeking? Why are you going to this next seminar? Why are you doing this? Like people around you will be resistant. They're, they're resistant to you changing, to you growing. Yeah. Don't listen to them. Yeah. Keep that divine discontentment is what will have you have a life beyond your wildest dreams.
0: Oh, the fact that you're wearing all white and you're looking <laughs> me in the eyes, as you're saying I'm like in a trance with you. I'm like, <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so the final piece is to affirm. So everybody listening, uh, if you're zoning out, which hopefully you're not because I'm so enamored by this. Mm first as you wake up you take a look at the results in your life and the beliefs that created them then you reprogram your subconscious mind you look at traumas and you start to just take a look at what you made it mean about you about the world then you align you really seek and you really look to feed yourself and to do that inner work and then you affirm so what does affirmation look like for you
1: Affirmation is your daily spiritual practice. Okay. And oftentimes people think of a daily spiritual practice as, oh, I meditate for 10 minutes in the morning, I do 10 minutes of gratitude, and I'm out. No, daily spiritual practice is your entire life. What is your daily practice all day long. What are the principles that you live by? What is that? Who's that woman or man that you want to be and living into that, right? So there's a gap between who you desire to be and who you're being. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to, how are going to close that gap? So that's your daily spiritual practice because you've, you've now began to know your truth. Now we have got to live the truth, two different things to know mm-hmm. the truth and live the truth. So what does that look like? That looks like getting very clear of what, what you want in the four areas of your life. So within my book, I write how how to create your life's purpose statement. Mm-hmm. So we so go through. We tell them what your book is called. It's to. called Awakening. It's a 40-day guide. And it walks you through all the different processes, the four steps of, of waking up, um, reprogramming, aligning with your truth and universal laws, and, and affirming. Mm-hmm. So in the, We'll include that in the show notes. Right. Mm-hmm. And in the four steps, so what you do is we walk you through um, how to create your life's purpose statement. So you actually write it in, in affirmations in your money and career in your relationships and in your health and in your creative expression what are those they're they're like goals but they're written in kind of like who you want to be in those Mm -hmm. realms And then, basically, you you decide how you're going to design your daily spiritual practice, how you're going to start your morning ritual, how you're going to to end your day, and what principles are you going to live on throughout the day. Mm -hmm. So um, I walk you through how to meditate, how to use mindfulness, how to develop your intuition, how to do true visioning, um, how to use affirmations and affirmative prayer, and then how to have 30-day fun practices, 30- and 40-day fun practices. And basically, you get to design it. There's no right or wrong way, and you get to live whatever so for example um, of course I do meditation and stuff like that but things like non-attachment you know that's one of my practices so like sometimes I have to remember and I read it in the morning like I choose to not have attachment of where where I'm going in my life I set my goals I set my things but I have no that there's that or something greater Mm. things like that
0: Mm. I love it and for anybody listening could you give us some wisdom on how to come up with an affirmation right now just maybe a few steps or something like that, because I find that daunting. Like, there's so many things I could affirm and say every day. Yeah. What would you say for somebody that's like, I want to have an affirmation this week or... For 30
1: days. Yeah, so an affirmation is stated in the present. We never, because the universe doesn't, if you say, I will, it's like putting it in the future, or mm. I'm trying to, then mm-hmm. it's, it, so you, it is in the present moment. It is affirmative, so it's not a try or someday I will. Mm-hmm. Uh, a and, hope. Yeah, hope, prayer, well, and dream, I right? When people yeah, say they yeah. hope. I'm like, yeah. you hope. Are you going to yeah. do it or not? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and then it is uh, what you embody, right? So I am a powerful spiritual leader. Uh huh. I mean so what does that look like obviously that's saying uh that's putting a, a, a you know what I have to embody being powerful um it is an identity that I choose to create I know I'm not that identity but I'm choosing to create that identity in this life so an affirmation is whatever you want to be say in your health it's I vibrantly, you know, live uh, eating whole foods and um, having high energy. So mm-hmm. that's like an affirmation, and mm-hmm. it's saying that i it's a result also in there, right? Vibrancy, So funny right? you said
0: that, because right before I came here, I went to a spin class with my friend, and I said, it's time for me to really eat more healthily, <laughs> because I have this thing where I eat horrible food, and I call it a snack accident, Yeah, totally. So it's like, no more snack mm-hmm. Um And here you are giving me a, an affirmation <laughs> freebie on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, this has been amazing um is there any final steps for
1: the affirmation for people um you know i think that it's something to practice constantly practicing and affirmations will never ever work if you don't actually feel and and vibrate with them mm-hmm. so you can say affirmations all day it's like, never gonna i'm the prettiest woman in town it'll never work We're not you yeah. believe it. it doesn't mean anything get on the pretty like, vibe <laughs> so turn up crank up that music you know, start dancing around your living room and like, argue that for yourself within yes. your own consciousness and feel it with such conviction that you will you're like you're, you're like arguing with yourself no i really am like you know whatever that is and so just know that you you're powerful and you get to choose whatever and if you're a powerful and, mess or right, a perpetual yeah, right delight. exactly yeah. if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired then get mad mm-hmm. use that anger in your affirmations use that anger yes. to command your subconscious mind get pissed mm. when you're if you're in a relationship and you're pissed as hell at the man or woman use that energy for good that's a great that's a great time to declare what truth and what you're committed to in this life do it aloud i speak it into my phone sometimes just for myself i'll you know close the drapes and start Mm -hmm. screaming into my phone just to hear myself speak and just to to declare the truth and you've got to somehow start taking control of your life because you're co-creating with the entire universe and the your, your universe is listening to you 24-7. Mm. And it's listening to your emotions, to your feelings, to the backing of your word.
0: You know, I just so feel nourished by everything you're saying and so
1: grateful that you've been here
0: with us. This has been awesome.
1: Well, Ash, you're so great because you're so relatable. Thank and you. you. And you're so good at like... Pretending like you're like stumbling through life when you're not at all. Well, I kind of all. like don't relate to it as stumbling. So even when it sounds like it, it's like I really <laughs> genuinely am like I know this is like kind of a mess, but I feel fine. But that's know? why people love you because you're oh, so relatable. You're so human, you. and and it's it's people crave that because they just mm. wanna they just wanna feel like they can
0: connect. They just wanna feel period right yeah do you know what's so interesting what you were just saying is like get angry I think for everybody listening just to leave you on this note um even instead of post episode notes for those of you listening it's whenever something's kind of chaotic um whether it's a relationship a situation I've started to relate to it like oh wow this is upping my game right and like you were saying Erin it's like get angry about it, like really get closer to those things that you're in denial about, move closer to it, see what it really is, do the inner work, and so the other day, as I declared, after I got off the phone call with my friend who wanted to date, and he was just so not available, even though he insisted on it, it's like, to declare to my other friend, hey, I am no longer doing this, I'm no longer chasing, you know, I'm going to believe people's actions, not just their words, I declare this my new behavior, and I really said those words, and I really meant it. And so the next morning, as my really good friend is like pulling these splinters out, which by the way, everybody listening, that was my second scheduled podcast interview with you, Erin, yeah. and I had to recall you reschedule and be like, this is a weird one, but I need to get these splinters out. As she's pulling splinters out of me and I see this text message from this ex, I thought, oh, wow, he's upping my game. Mm-hmm. He's challenging what I just declared. I just declared I'm not going to do this anymore. And that relationship with him represented me chasing somebody who loved me, who wanted to be with me just enough, but right when I wanted them to really step into
1: being with me, they couldn't commit, you know?
0: Isn't and that so, funny? The
1: universe will often test us. to like, really? Are yeah. you sure about that declaration? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a great word declaration. It is another word for saying command for sure, or yeah. the power of decision, whichever yeah. you want to sum it up. Call but it done. Call it done, whatever that is. Whether get, it's dead. Yeah. And I think athletes do this a lot. They use the anger, they use that adrenaline to up their, to up their game. Yes. And, and women, we often just like want to feel good and feel light and feel happy, and that's yeah. fine, but we need to declare. If we're going, we, it's fine if you just want to be the effect of life and just float down the river, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you truly desire to make a drastic change of your patterning, you've got to declare.
0: Mm. Okay, you have some free things that everybody wants, including
1: me. But like after I get off of <laughs> yeah. this
0: microphone, I'm going to be like, www. Yeah. So where can everybody find all of the fun things from you?
1: Sure. So you can go to drerin.tv, which is www.drerin.tv, and you can get my free app. It has 30 guided meditations, mm-hmm. has the show, daily show, has a podcast, has a bunch of freebies on there. It's so all free
0: amazing i already see myself
1: i got noise cancelling earphones for <laughs> yeah. my meditations
0: so i'm gonna be here with you now and then tonight when yeah. you, listen to your you can also
1: just listen to my podcast it's amazing. dr Aaron, and and i do every day uh, an 11 minute podcast on there that um just gets your mind right and Great. teaches universal law you can go to itunes or stitcher or all, all the different it's on this all is. the different podcasts
0: oh thank you mm-hmm. so much for being here what a treat probably more for me than everybody else listening. I'm like,
1: whoa, I think I needed this episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's an honor. I'd like to just do a quick benediction. Yes, yes. As as we end, we just really give gratitude to all the benefits. Of this um, sacred space, that I know that whoever is uh, has been ready to hear, whatever mm-hmm. has been listening, and whatever is supposed to have been said was said. And so I honor Ash as she goes into <laughs> listening to mm-hmm. the universe that it's speaking to her profoundly. And I know that as she declares whatever her heart desires, the universe has to respond a hundred percent in alignment with that mm. and so i honor the waking up the reprogramming the aligning and the affirming for each and every one of us knowing that we're here to awaken grow and live the life of our highest expression mm. and so it is
0: so it is And for tuning into this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast, you can find all of the resources that our guest mentioned on our show notes at U-TurnPodcast.com. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N Podcast.com. Also, don't forget on the website, we've got our four free e-courses, whether you want to land a new job you love, get clarity on the best career path for you, launch your dream business or deepen your romantic relationships. I'll talk to you soon. Can't wait to connect on next week's episode.
2: This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit.